Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk with people who are living lives of purpose and doing amazing things that make a positive impact in our world. We take time to listen to them as they reflect on their life journeys and what has shaped them into who they are today and what motivates them to be involved in what they do. Well, kia ora, everyone. Welcome along to the podcast. One of the things I really love is to be able to share with other people about how to create a podcast. I get asked by quite a few people about some of the key things that I've learned in the three years since starting Seeds. So the other day, I took a session called How to Create a Podcast for Impact, and in it, I shared all the things that I've learned. This is the audio of that session, and if you find it helpful, then in the show notes, there's a link to a web page where I've put lots of different links and information about the equipment that I use as well as other talks that I've done about how to create a podcast. I also go into detail about editing the audio and what that involves. And on that webpage, I put a whole bunch of other tips as well of things that I forgot to say during the Zoom session. So big thanks to everybody who joined in on this session. And it was held as part of Learning City Christchurch and Impact Week. So shout out to those people who are organizing it. You know who you are. If you hear of other people who are looking to start a podcast, then you might want to direct them to this episode. Now let's get into this session about how to create a podcast for impact. All right, well, kia ora koto, ko Stephen Toku Ingwa. Um, it's a real pleasure to welcome you to this session. Uh, we're going to be looking at how to create a podcast for impact. And I'm actually super excited about this because I look at the participants and um, see real potential there. Um, I'm sure that many of you have ideas for podcasts and I can't wait to hear about them during this session. So that's the first thing I wanted to say is I'd love it as we're going through. If you could drop me comments in the chat, um, I would love to hear your own experiences. And if you've got any specific questions in particular, um, yeah, I'd love to be able to address those as we're talking and make sure that we're covering. Um, just a housekeeping thing, I'm planning to record this so everybody knows because I've had a number of people say that they had a last minute thing where they couldn't, couldn't join in. Um, I think what I'll probably do is release it as a Seeds podcast episode um, because one of the things you'll learn is that you have to be careful about pirating your own content. So if you put it up on YouTube, then maybe people won't go and listen to your audio podcast. So that's something that I've learned um, just to be careful about how you use content and which platform you use to get it out. Um, yeah, so to start with, I'm just going to plug in this microphone here, and it should be better quality than the computer one. And one of the things, while I do that, one of the things I want to do is share with you the, um, like the gear that I've got and explain why I chose what I have and what the thought process was. Um, and if you have questions about that technical side of things, feel free to post them in the, in the chat as well. I'm just going to plug this in. Right. So how does that sound? Does that sound? Um, yeah. So I guess just before we get into the, the more technical side, I, I just thought I'd share a little bit about my own experience about starting a podcast. And like I said, the, the reason I'm excited to share with all of you is that I think it's a really amazing platform to be able to spread messages that uh, maybe it would be difficult to share in a different context. And the reason is that podcasting is booming. There's more and more podcasts. So I'm hoping that in this session, I'll be able to share with you the key steps for how you can consider setting your own one up. Because that was really one of the things when I started it, I wanted to make sure that um, I was open and shared with other people. 
So actually, my hope is that one day you'll run a session about how to start a podcast and maybe you can pass it on to somebody else. Um, so put the um, comments in the chat. And yeah, thank you, Paul. It, it does sound better with this microphone. And I kind of did that on purpose because I wanted you to realize how important sound is, um, particularly for audio context. Um, so just to begin um, my context, three years ago, I was meeting amazing people. And I work as a lawyer, and I kept meeting people who wanted to start charities. They wanted to start a business. They were doing something amazing, and nobody had ever heard of them. They didn't have a platform. And I thought, what's a way that I could, you know, apart from writing an article or a blog or something, what's a way that I could help to spread messages? And I myself was enjoying listening to podcasts because I live in Rolleston, which is, you know, 25 minute drive. So I was listening to podcasts and I thought, I wonder how difficult it would be for me to set up a podcast. So I started researching it. And um, that was around the time of the Social Enterprise World Forum. So for me, there was kind of a crystallizing event, which meant, okay, now it's right. I'll start it. So that was at the end of 2017, September 2017. And since then, I, today I uh, uploaded episode 220. So that's a lot of content in that three-year period. And if you do the math, that's more than one a week. Um, and I can go into that strategy um, a little bit later. But I, I do not just straight interviews. I also do bonus episodes. And basically anything that takes my interest I'm, I am able to then put it onto the podcast. Um, so my journey, I guess, now the other thing is um, it's been listened to, I think the last time I checked, it was about 85,000 times. So those, in my mind, those are quite special statistics because they're unique listens. Sometimes if you look at Facebook or other online platforms, you know, if you scroll over for two seconds, it kind of counts that. Whereas with podcasting, you, you kind of have to choose to click and listen. Um, so I, I'm really happy with those numbers because that means each episode has listened, been listened to a couple hundred times. Um, yeah, so that was my background, my journey to how I started the podcast. And I guess some of the things that I've reflected on um, just before we get into more of the technical stuff is... You know, if you think about it, go back a couple hundred years, probably our great, great grandparents, or, you know, maybe a little bit further back, probably couldn't read or write, you know, they, they were probably storytelling, the voice communicating that way was incredibly important. And today in our heightened media culture with the written word, that scene is being really important. But I think if you go back go back further, go back a thousand years, go back a lot further, storytelling and the voice was a way that we communicated as humans. So I've reflected on this a lot. And I think now we're using technology in the form of podcasting as a way to communicate in a way that is kind of primeval. You know, it's kind of like going right back to our origins of um, how we probably started out talking with each other and sharing. And so that's, that I think is a really important thing to, if you're looking at podcasting, you know, why would you do this? I think it's good to get those foundations right and think about 
um, yeah, what is it that makes it unique as opposed to writing something and posting it as a paragraph or a paper? Um, the other thing that I've reflected on is the power of story. And I think with my podcast, it's a lot about storytelling. And I view myself as the catalyst to help draw out the story from the guest. And the, my favorite part of the show is when I say something or ask a question and the guest says, I never really thought about that. Because I think as a podcaster, you have the potential to help people to tell their stories better than they may even have themselves. So just a, an example of that, Marcel Lunem, um, she's a film director. And one question I asked her was about her childhood. And she said that her grandfather had taught her about painting. And then she paused and she said, you know, I've never thought about this, but now in my filmmaking and directing, it's a direct link back to my grandfather. And so that moment was a really special one for her. And I got to be part of it by asking her some, some hopefully intelligent questions to draw it out. So I'm just trying to set the scene really for things that I've observed about why podcasting is, is quite important um, or it can be useful. And then the other thing is that I think we're heading towards an age where people do want to go a bit deeper. Um, you know, we've kind of come through the initial social media and Facebook and, you know, the instant, the Instagram picture, I'm on a beach, everything's fine. I think we actually crave and hunger knowing people's stories and understanding where they're from and their context. And I think podcasting gives you that ability to go a lot deeper with people rather than saying, um, you know, tell me in one minute what you do actually stepping back and asking a bit more about people's journeys. And then I think the, the reason that people enjoy that is that you can learn from other people's stories in a way that you can't from just reading a textbook. So, you know, if I am interviewing someone who's on this call, like Erica, you know, she can tell me about what it's like to grow up in New Zealand with a background that I never experienced and I can learn from her and, and her life choices and what led her to do what she does today. So I'm just trying to set the scene for why I think podcasting has real, um, a, a role to play, I guess. And then I'd be curious if, if any of you are willing to post in the chat what your motivations are for considering it, um, because I think that will help me to tailor some things. One of the things I think some of you will probably be representing organizations. And I think this is an untapped area where if you are already operating a business or you know, you're involved in a school of entrepreneurship or you're involved in you know, an outreach in the community, not for profit or something, um, I think podcasting is an easy bolt-on to what you're probably already doing anyway. And hitting the record switch on the content that you're already producing, you can then leverage it and make it accessible. So as an example, right now, um, you know, we've got like 20 people listening to this. But when I put it out as a podcast episode, it will probably get easily 200, 250 listens within a couple days. Um, so it's just, you know, leveraging technology in a really positive way. 
Um, I, I stood up and gave a talk uh, recently, and I think there was about 15 or 20 people in the room. But I recorded the audio, put it up on Seeds, and 350 people listened. So it's kind of like if you're doing stuff anyway, leveraging that content and putting it up on a podcast kind of makes logical sense. <laughs> so I hope I'm making myself clear on that point. Um, yeah, so I think the other thing is that um, if you are in an organization, I can guarantee you that telling people's stories in a real way um, is going to resonate with your donors, your volunteers, your stakeholders in a quite different way to just a newsletter. You know, like here's a, here's a photo of someone and, and here's a little blurb about what they're doing. That's, that's great. And I'm not meaning that that's not a good thing to do. I'm just meaning if you can capture the audio of somebody talking, it amplifies the message. Um, and I think that that's also something that's really important is that audio communicates in a different way um, to the written word. So you're listening to me. You're hearing how I'm expressing myself. You're hearing my accent. You're hearing, you know, the way that I communicate those are all things that make me unique. And I think that comes across in a podcast. It personalizes it in a way that other mediums don't. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great medium. I'm really enjoying it. I, obviously, I've continued doing it. Um, I put out my podcast every Tuesday morning. I felt like that was a good day to go out. Um, and doing that for three years is a big commitment. Um, but I think that I've seen value in it and I've gotten emails from people who've appreciated the content. Um, one comes to mind, I'd interviewed John Hammond who had a terminal brain um, tumor and the, his son wrote to me later and said, I really appreciate that audio interview you did with my father. You captured his life story and now he's gone, but we have at least a little bit of him in the form of this audio. So for me, that's like uh, keep keep going, you know, <laughs> um, capturing people who 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 aren't with us anymore. Um, I think it's really special, and and you get a chance to do that with an an audio podcast. That um, it's it's quite different to um, a photo or um, something that's written down. So they're all different ways of telling stories, and I think podcasting is is one way. Um, so one of the things, uh, and keep putting in the chat there, I'll, um, I'll answer things as well when I run out of things to say. <laughs> um, I think the, the other thing is, if you're going to podcast, be really clear on your purpose. And I know it's kind of overstated, but, you know, Simon Sinek, the power of why. Why do you do this? Why are you starting it? If you can be really clear from the beginning, then that will sustain you through because it is hard work. Like, I don't want to make it sound like it's super simple. Um, there, there is work behind the scenes that, you know, you've got to identify who you're going to talk to. You have to arrange the time to talk to them. You have to talk to them, edit it, put it up. It might be that you're, you want to do a podcast where it's just you talking, and that's fine too, you, but you still have to carve out the time. You have to learn the technical side and, and edit and things. So I guess um, I've seen quite a few people starting podcasts and they've done three or four episodes. And then I noticed, you know, a month goes by, two months goes by, 
and then maybe one more episode and then another six months. And, and I, just, I just think part of doing it is you have to fully dive into it and realize that it's an exponential growth curve. So at the beginning, obviously, I would be happy if my mother and two people listened to the podcast, right? <laughs> you know, nobody knew about it. So just go in with realistic expectations. Like, don't um, get focused on numbers too much. My criteria is, would I listen to the content? Am I proud of what I'm putting out? that should be your guiding principle rather than how many listens did I get of this episode or that episode, or what are my total numbers? Those are helpful to gauge sort of your progress and how you're traveling, but that shouldn't be your main goal. Your main goal should be producing quality content. And then the numbers, I think they'll follow. Um, for me anyway, you know, at the beginning, if I had uh, 200 people listening to it, to, within a week that was really amazing <laughs> and but over time hopefully what you'll find is that their friends will tell their friends and then their friends will find out you know and over time it will grow so um, the other day I had uh, the most that I've ever had in a day so 24 hour period there was 493 lessons in that one day. So that's by far the way more than normal. Normally I would be averaging at the moment, probably 125 listens a day. Um, so yeah, so don't think that I'm getting 493 every day, but the beauty of it is that I cannot talk to 493 people for an hour a day. It's physically not possible, but using technology, if you work the numbers, like that means that in any one hour period, there was potentially, you know, 20 or 30 people listening to me talking with somebody else. And so I just see that the potential of technology means that even though you're not talking to these people, your voice is out there and people are accessing your content. So it's a really cool medium to, to get that out. But I would encourage you, don't get too worried about the numbers at the beginning. Like, I'm happy to share with you all my charts and just email me if you want any info. I'll be transparent and open. But the first month, you know, I think I had maybe 500 people listen in that first month. Whereas last month, I think there was 5,200 people within that month. Um, but it's, it's more about keeping up the quality, keeping up the content being really, you know, would you want to listen to this show? That's my criteria. So, um, yeah. And the other thing I see someone says there, how um, often, you know, monthly or weekly, I, I chose to do it weekly because I wanted to do a, a Yeah, uh, there was enough content, enough stories to tell. And I devoted the time. My advice to you would be choose a rhythm and then just get used to that rhythm. So if you do it monthly, that's cool, but try to get in a rhythm so that your listeners also start to anticipate and look forward to it. So if you release on a, a Thursday afternoon every two weeks, just try to be consistent with it, you know, within reason, of course, but um, I think listeners will be watching out because where you'll get into trouble, I think, is if you release an episode on a Monday and a Wednesday and then nothing for three weeks and then another episode and then another one and then nothing for two months. And you just try to be consistent with 
how often you're releasing. So your listeners can get to know that rhythm as well. Um, yeah. And let's see, what else? What else should I talk about? <laughs> Maybe I'll show you the equipment while I'm thinking through. So one of the things you'll have to decide early on is what quality of audio you want. Um, so when I started the podcast, I, uh, this this session, I was using the, the microphone on the computer, and then I switched over to this one, which is called a Blue Yeti um, podcasting mic. Um, and you can tell that the quality went up a notch. So I, I made a choice that I wanted to respect the listener, and I wanted the experience of listening to my podcast to be as high a quality as I possibly could and to um, respect them enough where I spent a bit of money to get really good equipment. So what I chose to get was this, which is called a Zoom H4N Pro. Um, so this is used actually with um, movies making and things. They attach it on the back to, to cameras and it's got these microphones here. Um, and so that, when I bought that, I think it was about $375 or so. So it wasn't, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like an easy thing to buy. I had to like go, okay, I'm in. Um, but then with that, I also got these microphones here. So um, these microphones are called dynamic microphones and they pick up the sound right here. So I can be in a, you know, I have two of these and they plug in using this cable here, an XLR cable and they plug into this down here. So like that. Um, so this, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear hopefully the richness of the person's voice in a really deep way. And that's because these microphones are used in radio, in TV, like they're really high quality. They're heavy, you know, I, I got this stand for them, um, but I think that really respects, respects the listener. And then what I do is I've got these um, headphones and I've got a splitter, which means that put them on like that and then it would plug into the thing here. And then I have another one that comes out so that the guest can listen to what they sound like as well. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it, it's up to you. I've got, I, I know other people have gone a different route, which is they do all of their recordings by Zoom which is fine. And I think what you'd find though is that the sound is noticeably different. So it kind of makes it, it's a strategic decision as well around um, are you gonna interview in person or are you gonna interview using technology, you know, like Zoom calls. So I made a strategic choice that I wanted all of my interviews to be in person because I felt like looking someone in the eye and asking them about the moment that their grandmother died and how that influenced them was something that I really wanted to capture in a, in a we are present in this moment together way. But having said that, with COVID, I have broadened my horizons and I now do do audio interviews using Zoom. Um, so I did one just last week with Francis Valentine who set up the Mind Lab and Tech Futures Lab. And that was a great interview, but she's in Auckland. So we did it by Zoom. So I guess uh, I've gotten more flexible and more open to 
doing things using technology. But this will be a choice for, for each of you to make is sort of what, what's your view about quality of the, of the audio. For me, it was really important. I, I wanted to buy these mics. So they were about $300 each. So all up, all of my equipment cost about $1,000. Um, so it's basically two mics and the recorder. Those were the expensive things. And I had some headphones anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it would be kind of up to each of you to work out, chart your way. Maybe you start with um, just doing it by Zoom and then over time you upgrade. The other option, of course, is um, Plains FM. They've got a whole studio. Um, I'm sure there's community access, you know, studios wherever you're based across the country. So reaching out to them. I actually went in and had a session with one of their engineers. And when I was first starting out and kind of asked questions about um, sound levels and adjusting things and, and that type of stuff. So yeah, just talk with as many people as you can and it will come together. Um, I use a software program called Audacity to edit my um, audio. So Audacity is just a free download off of the internet. If you Google it and look it up, it seems to be pretty well respected and people are using it for lots of different, um, you know, different podcasts and different things. It's fairly easy to use. You, you kind of drag and drop your audio in and then you can make it expand and shrink it down and then you cut out the bits um, that you don't want in. Um, one of the things that I always try to say to guests is after the interview, if there's anything that you want me to delete, just let me know and I will delete it because I want them to be, uh, yeah, I, I'm not an investigative journalist. I'm not trapping them. Um, so I had an example where somebody wrote to me afterwards and said, you remember that bit where I said that my brother was mean to me when I was a child? Um, can you just delete that bit? Because <laughs> that wasn't really, you know, I was just speaking in the moment. And I said, no problem. I can easily delete that. So that will be a, a point for you to think through as well as, um, you know, when you're talking with your guests, which leads into the editing point. Um, I started out editing more than I do today because when you first begin, um, you're probably not going to be able to think of the question in advance while you're listening. And so there's going to be more stumbles. And so the first few episodes, if you listen back, you can hear where I was sort of splicing out. I made a mistake. I'll just take that bit out. Um, but these days, because I've done it enough now, most of the interviews I don't even edit. I just let them run. Um, occasionally, there will be some background noise or something that I will edit out. And sometimes, if there's a guest who does a lot of um, <laughs> type of sounds, then I will go through and I'll pull out some of those because I feel like it's a distraction from the actual story. Um, but that, that obviously takes a lot more time if you're getting into the nitty gritty of editing, uh, you know, audio that, because uh, in my case, they can go for an hour. So it's a lot, it's a lot of time to go back and edit. Um, the other thing about audio is that I'd encourage you to think or look for some sort of intro that's consistent so that when people click play, they hear a familiar voice or a familiar intro so that it's like, oh yeah. I'm listening to that. 
So I got some music from my one. My sister is actually a musician and I got some music that they, her band had done. So that's the little um, audio you hear right at the beginning. And then I, I recorded some um, intro, which just says, welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk with inspiring people about purpose and da, 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 da. So that, that audio bit, that's the same every time. I just copy paste it into each of the episodes. And then, so every week then I do an intro and an outro. So uh, um, I'm really glad you could join me this week because we get the chance to speak with Margaret Austin. Margaret was a politician in the 1980s and she has a lot of things to share with us. I know you're gonna enjoy this episode. If you do, then consider telling somebody else about it as well. There's lots more content in the back catalog and you can find out more information at theseeds.nz. Now let's get into this interview with Margaret. So, and obviously I just tailor it for each time. Um, and then I put an outro that says, um, I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Margaret. The thing that stood out to me was her passion for the community. If you enjoyed this, then why not tell a friend and, and have a look at the content at theseeds.nz. Until next time. And then I have a little bit of music at the very end that is like, okay, it's finished. So um, yeah, uh, that's kind of how I've approached it. Um, I'm just gonna have a look here at some of your comments. Yeah, I haven't used Descript as an editing tool, but I'm sure there's really good stuff. I did Google, um, yeah, and went on YouTube and, and watched all kinds of instructional videos on how to create a podcast. Um, yeah, okay, so here's a question. Do you arrange a pre-conversation or just go straight in? Have you monetized your podcast? Um, I usually, usually I know the person or they've been recommended in some way. So usually I don't have a pre-conversation, but I do have an email exchange. And usually they'll say, how's it going to work? What's it run? And normally I just say, look, this is just a conversation between two people. It happens to be that there's going to be hundreds of people who listen in, but it's really just me being curious about you and your story. So I'm not, I, I don't believe in over-preparing. Like I don't actually want to know their life story in detail because I think part of the beauty of the podcast is that I'm finding out about them at the same time as the listener. And that curiosity is something that the listener is on the journey with me. And I'm like, oh, really? You were a shepherd? What was that like? What was it like to wake up at 5 a.m. and go out and look after sheep? You know, like, I would rather that that's a spontaneous thing. Um, but in the emails before the podcast, I'll usually um, tell them in the first half of the podcast, we will be talking about you and your background, where you're from. In the second half, we'll be talking about what you do today and we'll be trying to um, link up and find connection points. So that's pretty much um, what I would say um, when I'm arranging to talk with people. And yeah, have I, oh, I also always have an opening question, um, which is, can you uh, describe what your life was like when you were say four or five years old? So I try to start there every single time rather than a different question like 
So what would you tell your 18 year old self or what's the biggest regret you had? Like I try to have some consistency and I think that helps hopefully I, I'm not really sure, but I hope that the listener appreciates that the style is similar and, you know, there's a consistency there. And then Mark, you asked about monetizing the podcast. I, I kind of had a strong view on this that I did not want to, I, I'm doing it for the love of sharing the stories. I don't want to sell out in some ways uh, by saying you should buy this product or that product. Cause I've listened to lots of podcasts that have like three or four minutes at the beginning saying, um, have you considered this seminar over here? And, and so for me, I guess because my driver in doing this wasn't to make money, I haven't really explored that as an option, but certainly it, it, it could be a good option for some of you. Um, you know, it depends on the nature of the podcast. What I would say is that, this is a very subtle form of monetization, I guess, is that doing a podcast means that you meet interesting people and it opens up doors and opportunities to have conversations that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So I have written to famous people and if I wrote to them and said, um, can I have a coffee with you? I'd, I'd love to pick your brain about how you got to be where you are today. They would probably say no. But if I write to them and say, I do a podcast and I've got, you know, lots of people are interested in hearing stories, would you come on my podcast? I don't think I've had anybody say no to that request. So it does, this is really not monetizing, but, but it is giving you access to people. So if you have a particular expertise or an area that you want to grow in, uh, let's say you want to do more about, um, you know, you want to grow and be seen as an expert in mental health. If you do a podcast about mental health and you start interviewing people who are the market leading experts, then you're associating with people who are in the same boat, you know, the same waka. <laughs> and so there is these flow on implications of having a podcast that sets you apart. Like, oh, isn't that the person who does that podcast, you know? So there's not many lawyers, none that I know of, that do a podcast about purpose and, and stories. So it sets me apart. So it's not a direct monetization, but it is a way to, I guess, grow a reputation within an area that you want to expand. Um, so I hope that helps. Um, and yeah, all right, I'll just keep going through here. Thank you, Shirley, about the... Um, my distinctive voice. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, I think one thing I'd say is that you have to practice, but some people, you know, listen to yourself talking and, and some people you don't even know it, but you may talk fast. And so it's just a case of dialing it back. Um, or you may talk too slow and, and it's a case of making it faster. I actually taught English in, in Japan when I was 20 years old. So I learned to speak very clearly when I was there. You know, you can hear me articulating there even more, but I think that has influenced the way that I talk and how I communicate. Um, so yeah, uh, not that you'll have had that experience, but I think that has helped. Um, and one of the things I'd say is it's really, really important. I use this word all the time in the podcast, being curious. So the listener will be able to sense if you're actually interested in the person you're talking to, or if you're, you know, just making it up as you go. 
I, I operate on the, the basis that everyone has a story. And if I can't unlock their story, then it's my fault. I haven't asked good enough questions. So if everybody is interesting, then I need to be curious and I need to be the one that's asking the questions to unlock their story and really have it come out and flow. Um, so I would just encourage you to be curious if you have a guest, you know, just ask the extra question. I often find as well, the reason I do the long form podcast is I, the first half, I'm really letting them get warmed up. And what I'm really hoping is that they'll share some insights that they've never shared with other people in the second half. But they don't do that. I, I can't go in and ask them for that as the opening question. I need to find out a bit about their background, a bit about their, you know, um, the place that they're from, what shaped them. And then I think they'll trust me enough to be able to unload or, you know, unlock that um, conversation about what drives them. Um, yeah, so being curious is, is how you're going to get there. And often you won't get those insights until quite far into the interview because it takes time to just, you know, here we are, we're talking and, um, and the trust opens up. Um, yeah. So Mark, you asked about the websites and do I provide a transcript? Um, I think the website, I have a website called theseeds.nz. I think it's a helpful place that I can put all the content because I want to make the podcast accessible to everybody. And to be honest, not everybody knows how to download a podcasting app. Um, you know, they've never used Spotify or Apple podcasts or whatever. So those are my primary ways. I think probably, I think last I looked, it was about 40% were on Apple podcast and like 25% on Spotify, but a significant number do go to the website and they do click on the link on the website. And my website, I then also put in articles, I put up videos, that's how I organize lunches. So I put up all of the information in one place. So I think it can be a helpful tool to direct people to. And um, I, I got these sort of business cards made up. So they just say, you know, Seeds Podcast, and then have a, a website link. And if people go to that website, then I've got a little how to access it section. Um, maybe that's a good point to say, um, if you're looking at setting up a podcast, you, you'll need to have a podcast host, um, which is kind of a specialist company, I guess. Um, so they, they're the ones who can help you to do an RSS feed, which will go out into the world. Um, so I use a company called Libsyn, um, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and they provide all of the data around downloads and where it's been listened to. And I go into their website to then um, upload the cover image, put in the show blurb, the links to anything, and hit publish. So when I hit publish, it then they then distribute it out. And I think it goes to at least 15 different podcasting apps like the Spotify's, Apple Podcasts, CastBox. Um, there's all kinds of them. Um, and I, I'm on as many as I know about because, <laughs> again, I want to make it accessible to whoever wants to listen. 
but I think the the podcast is um, the the website for the podcast is useful. Um, I have not transcribed my show apart from sometimes I'll go back and pull out excerpts and I'll type those up. But um, one of the one of the really fun aspects of my show because it originally started with a focus on social enterprise is that I've been approached by um, some academics to say, can we use your, um, your interviews, your content, because we think it traces the life journey of entrepreneurs. So I'm writing a paper right now with some academics at University of Canterbury. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty cool to kind of publish an academic paper so we, we transcribed 70 of the interviews. We used software to do that. And then we paid, we got a research grant and we paid students to go through and check the transcripts. So I have transcripts of 70 of the shows. Um, and at some point I might put them up. Um, but for now, I think um, the audio is my focus. Yeah, so oh, that's the other thing. This is all lots of content I'm aware of, but um, hopefully some of it's helpful. Originally, I was going to call the podcast something like Talking Purpose or, you know, something like that. I'm so glad that I stepped back and chose a name of Seeds because Seeds, it's like an image. Like as soon as you hear the word Seeds, you immediately think of something. And so I'm glad that I spent the time and didn't rush into naming my podcast, um, uh, uh, I guess, a more generic term in some ways, um, by calling it seeds, it's a visual image that people immediately think, oh, well, seeds, you plant them and they grow. So I'm really glad that that um, term is what I chose. The other reason is that seeds is such a broad term. So like I said, when I started it, it was the Social Enterprise World Forum. I was interviewing social entrepreneurs. We were talking about startups. But over time, I've made it much broader. So now I've interviewed a 90-year-old nun. I've interviewed a six-year-old. I've interviewed, you know, members of parliament. I've interviewed all types of people. And I feel like if I'd chosen a name which was too narrow, it would be very difficult later to say, well, uh, you know, my mental health podcast uh, now is talking to some something else. So I guess my encouragement is just try to think of a name which will cover the future because you don't know exactly how it's going to go and you might need to pivot the content and, um, and where you're headed. Um, yeah, I see someone said, do, you, do I send the questions in advance? And I think I answered that. No, I, I just sort of give them a broad overview of what it's about. And people are fine with that. They, they, they're just like, okay, it's a conversation. I haven't had much pushback on that. Um, yeah, the, the other thing um, I see you've said there, I've learned my questions should be shorter. I, I, I'm there to help as the catalyst to unlock the guest. And what I've learned um, is that I want them to be speaking more than me, but I do have a perspective and a voice. So I've learned not to be afraid to contribute to the conversation. So with Francis Valentine, for example, if you listen to that interview, we were bouncing off of each other, but I think I'm helping them to get to other places by contributing what I said. 
Um, so don't be afraid of your own voice either, I guess, as long as it's a helpful thing that you're saying, you know, you're contributing the conversation and advancing it. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll type in the name of the thing. Yeah. It's called Libsyn. This is, that's the one that I use. Um, cool. Well, I hope this is being helpful here. So I'll just see if there's any other um, questions. Is there a set time or length that works for a podcast? Originally, I was going to go with an 18-minute podcast. And do you know how I chose that number? It was because TED Talks tend to be around the 17, 18-minute mark. And I thought, I've got to keep my podcast in the 17 or 18 minutes or else people won't listen. What I found was that 17 or 18 minutes to hear a life story and gain some insight is just too short because you really need to be able to dive deep with people and, and listen to their stories. So now the longest I've done is an hour and 35 minutes. And I guess the answer to your question is probably that will turn people off. Probably some people won't be willing to listen to that. But if they are willing to listen to it, then I think there's a lot more content than there would have been in a 10-minute version. Having said that, Francis is one that I just put up. That was an hour and 16 minutes, I think, something like that. So I did extract from her one some of the key points, which was um, not to confuse your title with your value as a person. So I made that a nine-minute snack size version. So I'm trying to do that from time to time as well, um, rather than feeling, uh, I guess, like I have to only do long form. And this is the beauty of it. If you're doing your own podcast, I would say experiment. See what works for you. Try a short form. Do a longer one. See what feedback you get. Um, yeah, I interviewed Richard Black the other day, who's a um, counselor. And that interview went for 55 minutes. And then I did like a short six-minute version of that. Um, of course, it comes down to how much time you've got because it takes time to edit things and get them down to smaller sizes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Paul, for putting everyone. Yeah, it's a Blue Yeti mic that I'm using. So this is a USB-powered one, um, which I find is quite, quite good, as you can hear the quality. And yeah, it's an H4N. It's called Zoom is the brand. Um, I think, yeah, can you see the logo there, Zoom? I think this, um, yeah, this is an H4. They have an H5 and H6. They've got an H2. There's like a huge uh, variety. Um, all right, how do you get great guests? How do you follow up to book them in? Um, mainly in my show, it's been word of mouth. And I've had people say, oh, you should talk to this person or that person. And I guess I'd encourage you to embrace the unique character of your show. Never feel like you have to interview someone just because they've been suggested. Um, you know, at the risk of, of, of offending anybody, I've been approached sometimes where it felt like the person was so self-promoting in their email to me that I just thought, I'm not sure that <laughs> I want to um, go there with this person. Um, so, you know, just being open to following your own, 
your own character, your own nature of what you want the show to be. Just because somebody says, I would like to be on your podcast, doesn't mean that you have to say yes. You know, it's okay to say no. And sometimes I've had people on the podcast um, and uh, yeah, there's one, there's one where it didn't turn out the way I thought it would. <laughs> and um, the person wanted to do something with their initiative that I disagreed with basically because I didn't think it was going to work. So that's a really interesting interview, actually. <laughs> I did post that one. Um, and I, but I debated for a while, should I post it or not? But it was an authentic uh, conversation and I was challenging them about their business model and you know the fact that I didn't think Mark Zuckerberg was gonna be calling them to uh, <laughs> offer the money they thought was there um, yeah so let's see are there any other burning questions here I'm conscious of time at always so I don't want to go too long but I hopefully this is helpful Okay, how do you get feedback? Um, I have the, so this is a good point. So social media wise, I have a Facebook page which has like 730 followers, but I'm using that less and less because they're more and more wanting me to sponsor the post and pay money to get it out. So I'm using Facebook less. I have a LinkedIn page and that has I think 532 followers the last time I looked. I'm using that more because I'm finding that the professionals and the people that I would like to listen are following and, and liking. I have an Instagram page. I'd use that probably less than Facebook. <laughs> um, I have a Twitter account, but I find in New Zealand that Twitter isn't as used as other places. So I post there fairly often, but I don't get many retweets or anything. Um, and the main, yeah, I think those are the main social media platforms and then the website itself. Um, I think the main feedback comes uh, through emails. People will email me. They will leave comments on the episodes. So if I post an episode uh, with somebody, they'll, they'll comment. Um, obviously, the more you can get your audience to engage with your content, if they post it, if they are willing to share an episode, it's like gold. Because if I post and say, hey, this is a great interview, they're going to go, well, yeah, of course you think it's a great interview. But if one of my listeners posts any of my content, I often will see a spike in listens that day because people are like, oh, well, Bridget posted this. I will take a listen. So try to encourage your listeners to become your unofficial ambassadors and that they can then help to promote it within their networks because you know who you know, but your listeners hopefully will become, you know, ambassadors for your show. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I get, get feedback. And um, I also, if I'm going to events these days, like I went to one at UCE the other day and I asked a question in a panel discussion and afterwards someone came up to me and said, when you asked that question, I recognized your voice. Um, I'm a fan of your podcast. So that's pretty cool. You know, like I would never have known that I've never met that person before, but clearly it's out there in the world and it's having an impact. So that that's quite a um, heartening thing. If people start recognizing you and um, sharing and um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun when that starts happening. 
Um, great. So Anita, I think you asked, do you have a strategy for your podcast? Do you spend time going back to the strategy and evaluating where it's going or just feel it as it goes? Yeah, it is a lot of sort of intuitive. Am I enjoying it? Is it, is it feeling like I'm generating good content? Um, for me, you know, I start the podcast by saying, this is a podcast about telling good stories. So I feel like I always come back to that as my touchstone. And like I say, I want, I want every episode to be something that I would want to listen to. That's my criteria. So if you have that standard, then you're probably going to be okay. You know, <laughs> you're going to keep going in the right direction. Um, it's when you start thinking, oh, I need some filler here and I haven't done it for a while. I don't really want to, but I'll just put this thing up. And that's when you start to maybe run into trouble. Um, yeah. So I guess um, as part of this, all of you hopefully are now activated and, and going off. I would love to hear some of your stories about if you start a podcast, how it's going. And um, if this has helped, yeah, I hope that it encourages you on your journey. Um, if I can ask each of you to become unofficial ambassadors for Seeds, that would be appreciated. Um, have a listen to it. Have a listen to some of the episodes. I feel like it's content. Oh, here's something else. I registered Seeds with the um, National Library of New Zealand, which means that every episode gets uploaded to their digital archives. So if you take a bigger picture, what we're doing as podcasters is capturing a moment of history of time. And I think that's pretty important. So one day, maybe a hundred years from now, somebody will be able to go back and say, oh, there was this obscure podcast called Seeds that was based in Christchurch. And this guy interviewed hundreds of people and it's a snapshot into life in the 2020s, you know? Um, so that's kind of a, a cool concept. If you're thinking longer term, you know, to kind of answer your question, I really believe in the concept of kaitiakitanga and stewardship. So guarding our stories for future generations that, you know, often it will come up in the podcast, we'll be saying, you know, remember before we had phones. And of course, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years from now, um, people will be really curious about what it was like back then <laughs> in the olden days. So you are sort of creating slices of history. Um, so yeah, have a look at the National Library of New Zealand. There's a way that you can register your podcast as a, a digital um, serial, I think it's called. Um, and if anything hasn't made sense, hopefully you get the sense that I'm accessible. Just drop me an email. You would have gotten an email from me with the link. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions that anybody has. Um, part of my kaupapa is to open up this technology and, and make sure that people know that they could start something as well. Um, and I, hopefully you get that sense from my approach and my attitude here. Um, yeah, it, it's for me, it's been a labor of love, but it's definitely opened up doors and opportunities that I didn't anticipate before I started doing the podcast. So I would encourage you to, you know, if you're here and you're listening, I think it's a great medium, a great way to get good stories, good content. We need more positive things in our worlds, particularly now. Um, and podcasting is a great way to be able to do that. So, 
Yeah, um, I, I'll follow up this uh, with an email that has some links to different things. Um, I did a Pecha Kucha talk earlier this year talking about my own journey. It's, uh, what is it, Erica? Six minutes, 40 seconds, I think. <laughs> um, 20 okay, slides, yeah. <laughs> 20 seconds. And so it's really short, but I was talking there about like, why do I do what I do? And, and, and I hope that for each of us, you know, I kind of say this a lot, but forget about what your title is. You are the leader of at least one person, and that's you. So how are you going to lead yourself, whatever your job title is? How are you adding value to our world? How are you giving back in some way? And I think podcasting is a way that you can do that, amplifying stories, getting messages out, um, helping other people in some way. So, um, yeah, hopefully this has been helpful for you. Um, and if I didn't answer the question in the chat, then... Um, I'll try to check back afterwards and shoot you a note individually, um, but feel free to send me an email and happy to answer more questions. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that session about how to create a podcast for impact. I certainly had fun reflecting on some of my journey and that came through throughout the episode. If you enjoyed it, then check out some of the other episodes in the back catalog. Until next time. Mm -hmm.